0: Thank you guys uh, for being a part of this tonight. Thank you for uh, for not only being on this call, but also for, for support of the show as well tonight. I want to thank uh, Mr. Barrasso here for doing the, uh, doing the pre-show for us. We'll talk about that here in a few minutes. And um, I thought we had a great event tonight. I thought the uh, – both the the men's five way and the and the women's NXT championships matches really delivered uh, something special. The million dollar championship, which just in in a show like in your house where there's so much uh, nostalgia and everything else, and and sort of feel good that you can bring something back like the million dollar belt and see the I don't know just the prestige of it and the even among the talent here just seeing that championship and seeing Ted be around. Um, Is so awesome. Uh, I thought you know both Mercedes and Martinez and Zai Lee worked incredibly hard and and uh, had a great match. You know Zaya's first time at a takeover, uh, representing herself very well and continuing that storyline. And then of course I thought the six man winner take all match uh, with Bronson, M.S.K. Legatos was just an off the chart way to start. So exciting night. Really excited to have uh some fans back here in attendance tonight and be a part of this and um i'm going to open it up to to you guys oh and uh by the way yep yeah, so sorry
1: <laughs> oh yeah sean's here sure.
0: yeah and and uh as a spectacular build-up sean Yep <laughs> <Thanks> for nothing sean
1: <laughs> so, comments about the show no his comments <clears throat> and uh, that very underwhelming <clears throat> introduction i think will be enough <laughs>
2: All right, before we go to the phones, we'll go back to our tradition of uh, allowing a question from a person that's in attendance. So that would be tonight, Justin Barroso from Sports Illustrated. Justin, go ahead. Thank you. Paul, uh, opening up the main event, how do you, uh, there's just so many moving pieces, but I think that all five pieces did exactly what they wanted and, and established their, themselves, and, made Karen Cross looked like a dominant champion.
1: How do you, a match like that, how do you grade, gauge, uh, feet. How do you? How do you what's your, what are your takeaways from a match like that?
0: So for me, I think going into it, when you have talent like that in the ring, when you have five guys that are that talented, and, and uh, you know, Johnny Gargano, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Pete Dunne, and, and of course, uh, Karrion Cross, like. It, and and I think that people negate Cross's experience and what he brings to the table. It's totally different, totally different character, but his ability and his skill level and and what he brings to the table, um, is awesome. When you have talent that good, we, we, we're in the fortunate position. We can just walk up to them say, here's what we're looking to get at. Here's where we're looking to come out of this feeling and then let them go do what they do. Um, and that's what they did tonight. And you know, my opinion, uh, Every one of those guys that's in that ring always delivers. So, Sean, you wanna?
1: Yeah, well, I'm just writing down here. It's like four sports cars and one monster truck. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, and it is. It's it's clearly a number of different styles in there. Um, and I know that a lot of people sort of lump Cole and Garagano and O'Reilly and Dunn almost in the same ilk. And then you have Cross on the outside. But when you you know when you break it down again, all those guys are. Are very different and have uh, very unique abilities and qualities in and of themselves. And then you add, uh, you know, sort of the intangible of carrying Cross in there. That is altogether different. Um, he's, you know, I think everybody, He's not of uh, the NXT mold, so to speak. But that's what makes it so appealing um, to me. Because again, you've got, uh, like I said, this one sort of, you know, unbelievably huge, you know, damaging, powerful monster truck around these all around these very uh you know finesse oriented wrestlers grapplers submission artists um and just ring technicians and i think it's a a great quality and we saw that tonight and you know as hunter said you know what we i always uh have a nice time with all those guys and say all right here we go now go out there and you know do what you do (laughs) you know what i mean dazzle us boys and they always and they always deliver in that respect
2: as a quick follow-up paul xylee yeah. Has not had an opportunity like that. I thought she was sensational. That moment can sometimes swallow you, could eat you yes. off. It didn't tonight with her.
1: Yeah,
0: she's been so you know, people underestimate the the what it takes to, to be in this business. And when we went to China however many years ago it was and had the tryout, Zaya came from a village where she didn't even know what WWE was. She was this incredible athlete. Um Involved in mixed martial arts, involved in all kinds of different fighting skills, crossfit, incredibly fit. It, her personality just was, was huge, even though she barely spoke English. But she had never, you know, she came from a, a small place where she had never heard of what WWE was. And I remember them saying to her, it's, it's like Kung Fu theater, you know, and, and like her, oh, okay. And then she came in for the tryout and just watching her over the course of like two or three days like just fall in love with it. And by the end of that week, she was in a place where, I mean, I think her soul would have been crushed if we didn't bring it to the United States with us. And when we told her that she was going to come, um, th- there was a moment before we told her that, the day before where I was doing an interview over there. And she was did the interview with her and they were telling me about her part of the interview. And they said, what if you get chosen? Like, do your does your family know you're here? And she said, no and um what would happen if you're if you get this opportunity and you tell your family you're gonna have to move to the united states like it was was like they would disown her and she just said like at this point like now this has become my dream so i would have to tell them that this is my dream and i have to do this in in a place where that's not how it works for women in a small village. Where that's not how it works. That none of that is a direction that she would have been allowed to go in and told no. And then we gave her the call, and then she had to go handle all of that with her family and against everybody's wishes, sort of follow her dream and come here to a place where she knew, you know, just the other nationals that came with her and learn the language and and just learn every aspect of this. And she's been grinding ever since, you know. And and there's moments where you give them little bits and pieces. You know, four years ago, uh, we put her in the, I think it was a little less than four years ago, we put her in the Mayon Classic and she wrestled Mercedes. And she did spectacular and she cried that night. And, you know, to see it come full circle to where she is right now and have the moment that they're in with the T. and Shaw storyline and everything else, which has had little stutter starts here with, COVID and injuries and everything else, um, but to just to just see that, you know, we, we say this all the time, there's moments like that, which it's why you do this. You know, there's moments like her tonight that, you know, uh, in rehearsals today, I felt like she was having, just, just during her entrance, like knowing where she was going today, I felt like she was having a hard time keeping it together, um, and it can swallow you up, but then she delivers, and she delivers spectacularly but people have no idea what that pressure is like. So uh, it, it just makes all of this uh, so meaningful and so worthwhile.
2: Thank you. All right, we're going to go to the phones. Uh, one question per hour, please. Thank you. We'll take our first question from Jim Vasselin from Miami Herald. Your line is open. Please go ahead. Hey, Jim. Thank you. Really good show again. Glad we're doing the Scorsese-Spielberg tag team again. Appreciate that. Guys, what did you can tell me about the Million Dollar Ladder Match, Cameron Grimes, L.A. Knight, both competitors, but especially L.A. Knight, and just him now holding that title and representing what you all want him to represent?
1: Well, so I, I, I go to the – so first of all, we when we started this, um, it was quite some time ago when – it was just Cameron Guy Sincerely, no one had even contacted Dibiase. Yeah, and they, you know, he was just, you know, coming out. We were doing different skits. Says, damn that Ted Dibiase, and we were doing that for several weeks. And then of course somebody says, geez, a... should, some... should somebody call Dibiase? <laughs> like, see if we can see if we can get him. So th- this is one of those stories for us that has turned out so much bigger and better, um, I think, than we had originally planned. Um, and obviously then you fast forward and not knowing either one of these two, uh, their backgrounds and the role that DiBiase played in their, uh, you know, growing up as wrestling fans. And I, I personally wasn't aware of it until I think just last week when after, you know, you know, we, uh, made the match, um, and then of course, both of them expressing, I guess like nobody, I guess nobody told them we were bringing the championship and the title, um, and they were blown away by it. Uh, they, this story had gotten so much bigger. I hope it's okay to say that. Yeah. I mean, but, like, because they didn't know. They were like, "Oh my God, this is like we're, we're going to be you know having a match for the for the million dollar championship." And both of them just went on about stories when they were little and having no idea that they'd have an opportunity. I don't know, you always hear somebody wanting to be WWE champion or Intercontinental champion, but they both had a story about the million-dollar championship and the role that Ted DiBiase played in their growing up. And, again, that's one of those things that i never seen to blow me away here because we have so much of that at NXT. Um, just like, again, I won't, I won't say who because they may not be comfortable with it, but just two people on the show today walking out and looking at that in your house set. And it taking them back to when they were kids. And, you know, and they pulled me aside and they're like, geez, man. I mean, we just never thought that, you know, this is in your house. This is so cool. Them seeing, you know, Meeting Todd, Pet and Grill was a blast. And so I don't, it's all that kind of stuff, uh, again, has just gotten so much bigger and better as we continue to do some of this throwback stuff. And once again, it's, you know, for all of us older guys, it's it's a a, a huge appreciation for, uh, the role that WWE and some of the, you know, the superstars of the past have played in, you know, not just our lives, but now in the lives of so many of our NXT stars.
0: It's, it's interesting to me that um, we, we were talking about this. Sean and I were having dinner last night that it used to be when we came in to the business, you you sort of weren't allowed. You almost weren't allowed to admit that you were a fan. Yeah. You almost weren't allowed to admit that you watched. The programming or you know if you said yeah, to mark. somebody oh man I was a huge fan of you growing up you know but man you were just an outcast and um, th- to see that be able to change and to see guys appreciate it and you know what it means to them because you knew what it mean- meant to you and um, to see that be able to be expressed now um, and admired, the businesses in such a different place. Um, it's it's great and I'm, I'm I'm happy for all of them I can tell you the first time that they both both Grimes and uh, la night saw that million dollar title for the first time they both had to turn away and yeah. kind of take a deep breath because they both got tears in their eyes and it was it was really cool to see
2: thank you we'll stick out we'll take our next question from Alistair mcgeorge from Metro UK your line is open please go ahead
0: Hey, hi, hi, guys.
2: How's it going? Very good. Shelton. You all good? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you. I wanted to touch on um, Todd Pettingill because I was speaking to him this week and he said basically he's very open to doing more with NXT and with the company at this point. Is there any interest from your side or is it likely this is going to be kept uh, sort of in your house? I'm. <clears throat>
0: I'm sorry, I missed the question. With like a pet and Gill opportunity, as to be regular or?
2: Yeah, he said basically to me this week that he was very open to that idea and would like to do more, but was happy to fit in wherever you guys sort of see fit.
0: Yeah, I think there's. <clears throat> I think in these situations, there's always stuff to do. You know, the, the the tricky balance is nostalgia being nostalgia, and then it being you know too much of that and it becoming. Uh, the, the reason it's nostalgia is you saw it so much growing up that you love it and you want to see it come back and see the group come and play their their biggest hits and all that stuff. Um, if you do it too many times, then it can become overwhelming and and not nostalgic anymore. Now it just becomes current and you're not that interested. So it's a fine balance. I'm wide open to working with Todd and uh, doing other stuff with him and and uh, hopefully we can do a lot together. You know I think there's room for all of that. But, but it's a fine balance, and we just have to be cautious of that, you know.
2: Thank you. We'll, Nick, we'll take our next question from the line of Sean Ross Sapp from Fightful. Your line is open. Please go ahead. Hey, guys. Thanks for uh, taking the time to do this. Uh, outside sure. of the Ironman match that we saw last year, this was like the first – NXT title match with more than two people in it in like six or seven years. That causes a lot of pace changes, a lot of production changes. Can you all tell us about maybe some of the the challenges or benefits of running something like this as a main event, as opposed to the traditional one-on-one matches that we've seen main event so many takeovers?
0: I think for me, it's, it all comes down to where you are, not only in the moment storyline wise, One, what you have available to you, obviously, with injuries and everything else. But then where you are storyline-wise and where you're trying to get to. Um, You know, to me, I'm always a big fan of one-on-one storytelling. Um, And to me, when you can get there, you know, those are the cleanest. The personal stories, even if they revolve around championships or, you know, at the end of the day, that's the goal in some manner in the business. So if you can make personal rivalries rivalries around that between individuals, to me, it's always the strongest. Um, but when you have that many talented people like you have in this instance, and you have a moment in time where it gets you to a better place to put everybody in there and where you're trying to go storyline-wise, then then that's a good <clears throat> a good thing. And if you do them all the time, they don't mean anything. But having them now and then they're special when you do them, Sean.
1: Yeah, no, that's what I was gonna say. I mean, to, to Sean's point, the last time we did one was a year ago, and we did that again because of where we were going, and we went to a good place after that. And yeah. uh, and again, a year later, the the timing felt right, you know, to to do it again because we, you know, we uh, like always we hope on you know following it up in a way that is uh, the most meaningful. Exactly, and yeah. beneficial to the brand. Yeah.
2: Thank you. Thanks, John. Thanks for the we'll question, John. Next question. We'll take our next question from Gary Cassidy from Inside the Ropes. Your line is open. Please go yeah. ahead. Hey, Gary. Hi, guys. Congratulations on another brilliant takeover. Um, so, I want to go back to my favourite moment of the night, of course, was um, the Tian Sha uh, faction getting another brilliant development it's so different to what people perceive NXT to be, you know, or what they used to, with it being, you know, pure wrestling. Whereas, you know, it's spooky stuff, and we see that on Raw with Alexa Bliss and The Fiend, and it seems to get a much more mixed reaction on Raw, despite it being on a more suited program. I want to ask if you guys see, like, a difference there, and if there was any hesitance to doing such a different storyline on NXT. So, you
0: know, I'm a big fan of of variety within the shows and having things that are different you know uh d- different characters when when you can get them different characters different personalities you know different size of performers all of that but also different um you know characters in in general so you get an an l.a night. you can get a johnny gargano who was a serious you know, as serious of a wrestler as you can be because your name becomes Johnny Wrestling. And then, you know, you morph that character and he goes into the way with all these other people and it's one of the most entertaining things on the show. Um, yep, but at any point in time, you could pull that that trigger and he's right back into the wrestling mode. Um, to have characters like Tian Sha, I think you have to handle them slightly differently so that you can make them sort of make sense in your world, right? There's there's certain, I guess, parameters or rules to the universe that you're in. Everybody's is different, right? Um, all, the, all the shows are, are slightly different. I feel like even there's a slight difference between even just Raw and SmackDown as to what works on one show, what doesn't on others. I, I feel ours is the same way. So having that good mix is great, but also how you handle them and and making sure that they fit within the sort of the the universe that you're existing in. And I I think the best example of that for me would be like Marvel does a really good job with it of, you know, having serious, almost dramatic movies and then having moments where, you know, oh, this guy's a god and the other guy's a robot and this guy's from outer space. Yet it all fits in and they do a good job of keeping it reasonably Um, you know, working within that world. I I think that's the trick. That's the difficult part that we strive to try to do. Sean?
1: Yeah, no, I just just look, for me, I guess I always look at it as there are some people and some characters or some groups that have the ability to look larger than life. Um, And then we have other I'd argue that about me. You know, Taker was well, take somebody, again, that was a little bit more larger than life, so it was a much bigger uh, production when he was coming out as opposed to The Heartbreak Kid. It was just music and some silly dancing. But, um, but, but you know what I mean? And I guess that was – because his was – such a stronger character than mine mine was more again about the guy you know the guy the wrestler that eventually took all that all the earrings off and stuff like that so i think so much it has to do Again, with each individual character, their style, their persona. You know, what I mean I think yeah. a lot of those things that would be my guess. You look you look at those and sort of determine, you know, I don't know, is this is this something that has the ability to make a little bit bigger, to make a bit more dramatic. You know, yeah. I can I, dark. <coughs> yeah. I
0: can also tell you there are just certain people that don't have that whatever you want to look at theatrical flair or something right where if you put them in a costume and you go all right go out here and do this entrance with this cool costume on and all that stuff they're going to look like the most uncomfortable thing in the world and there are other people that can just make that stuff work it just depends on the person and i think that's part of the variety of the show of you know austin just walked out in black boots and the music playing and wobbling his head and flipping people off and it worked you know it's it's but it's and it was one of the most spectacular entrances of all time so it just depends on the character and i think a little bit of variety is is what makes it all work
2: our next question is from the line of jason powell from pro wrestling net your line is open
0: Hey Jason, I thought the show. Hey, good to talk to you again. I thought the show was entertaining and well worked by the crew, and I don't mean any disrespect in saying this. It's obviously just my perspective, but it's felt like something's been missing from NXT lately, and I think it goes beyond just the bigger crowds. So I'm curious, how do you guys feel about the state of the brand? Do you feel like you're firing on all cylinders? Do you feel like you're in need of a spark? Um, I, I, look, I think you're always looking for a spark. I think you're coming out of COVID with, um, with certain storylines and the ebb and flow of where you're going. Um, yeah, I, look, uh, everybody has their opinion, and, and they're entitled to those opinions. Um, you know, I'm, I'm happy with the product. I think talent are working very hard. <clears throat> I think the spark comes. No, no No show goes for 10 straight years without having ebb and flow. Um, no show goes through periods of time where things are, hey, this is pretty good. And then certain period of time where things are off the chart. That's just how it is. You're constantly looking for that. Um, you're constantly looking for the thing that gets you uh, to the place and connect. Sometimes you got to reboot. Sometimes you're just telling a longer sto- ter- term story. Um, it, it's all, every single day in this business, it's a work in progress. And, um, you know, you can look at moments in time of the business where uh, people's hindsight was 2020 20 of looking back into it or, or their, their, their remembrance of it was much greater, I should say, than, uh, than what it was. You know, th- there's always that ebb and flow. Always. And, um, you know, everybody's welcome to have their opinion. I'm happy with where we are. I'm happy with the talent pool we have and uh, and where they're going to take us. Uh, it's a, a group of incredibly talented people. I'll put that out against anything. I think we have one of the greatest rosters in the world across the board. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, every, every day is a challenge. to get to the next one.
1: I always take it as a compliment, Jason, and I think it's uh... – a Good problem to have when you get held to a standard that sometimes is tough. I can remember, oh, you know, he sounded a good man, yeah, but it wasn't a match of the year candidate. Oh, okay, no, you're right, it was, you know, it was the unforgiving pay per view, and uh, you know, and so yeah, you know, and, you know, so when you start, and I think that's what NXT and their takeovers do that we've been held to such a high standard, um, uh, which is a good problem to have, and I, I think, um uh, you know, when, when talent, you know, hear feedback, it just, you know, again, like yours and again, no disrespect taken, uh, to be perfectly honest. I think people see that and it just, it just encourages them. It just makes them work harder, makes them push more. And it certainly does us as well. You know what I mean? So I sort of like those challenges, but I also have learned over the years to take it as quite a, a compliment. Um, to when everyone said, "Yeah, well, yeah, but it wasn't, you know, wasn't as good as Takers, wasn't as good as Flair." Like, yeah, well, okay, you know, you, you got me there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you know, so again, I think I think we're I think we still got a pretty good batting average here in NXT, and and uh, you know, hitting over 400, I think, is all the fame. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so, so we're doing pretty well, I think.
2: Our next question comes from the line of Ryan Satin from Fox Sports. Please go ahead, Ryan.
1: Hey, guys. Hey another show tonight. Hey, hey. Uh, MSK, I've noticed, has a real DX-like vibe to them. Have they come to you guys looking for input on that?
0: Who was that? Oh, MSK? No, you know, uh, not really. I mean, I, I think we just sort of kind of let them be them. Um I don't
1: know. What would you think? No, that's the thing. Because I, I just I I was just talking with them yesterday, honestly, and and that's exactly what it is. What they I don't know. The funny thing is, what they seem to enjoy about us is that we do. We haven't tried to change them. They they, you know, they talked about how we we let them be them and just try to allow them to have fun enjoy themselves, you know what I mean, uh, and try to just get the most out of what they do. We try to, again, make it a relaxed atmosphere here. We we don't put anybody into a box around here as best we can. We always knew what we liked when, you know, when we were working, um, and it's when we were challenged, when we were encouraged to go out there. Uh, the best advice we ever got was uh, go out there, and if you go too far, I'll pull you back and And that's sort of what we encourage people to do here is go ahead and 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 take take risks take you know go ahead and experiment see what works and if you know if, if we start asking you to dial it back that's because somebody's you know we're worried somebody's gonna kick us off the air or something yeah, yeah. but uh, you know, it's it's encouraging talent to
0: to make the most of themselves and and the other aspect of that is also knowing when something is a crutch um, a certain character trait or a certain thing that they do that you feel like they're, they're, they're better than this or they're beyond that, but that's the thing they've gotten comfortable doing. And that's the hardest, that growth is difficult and it's hard and it's hard to face. So sometimes you have to push them outside of that comfort zone of them wanting to just be what they've been before um, and you want to encourage them to get to a different place. Uh, trying to do something different and something new. And, um, you know, when you challenge them to that, I honestly find that 99% of the time here, uh, if you challenge them to get outside of the box that they're in and do something new and different and wild, man, they, they get out there. And, and they
1: those boys out. like that. Yeah, yeah they, they, they love they, it. They react to that in just a phenomenal <laughs> way. All
0: right, folks, we'll do one more and we'll call
1: it
2: a night. Thank you. We'll take our last question from Billy Pichard from RussellZone.com. Your line is open. Hey, guys. How are you? Good. How are you? Not too bad. Uh, I wanted to ask, uh, the the show ended on a a bit of a cliffhanger tonight, and short of asking you where it's going, uh, we obviously have to tune in on Tuesday. Uh, what, What is... William Regal meant to the brand for you and you know what can he still you know do what what do you feel like he can still uh help talent with whether it's people leading to conclusions and he's gonna be off air or if he keeps going like how can he still help the brand no matter what his on-screen role is moving forward
0: that was the coolest quietest way of asking us what's going to happen on Tuesday of all time (laughs) <laughs> um, look, w- William Regal, it, it's just imperative. It, it, he, he's he been such an integral part of this since day one. Um, there are certain people that have, and then there's people that have come in along the way that have become like it's hard to envision doing it in any sort of way. Without them, Regal's definitely one of those people. Um, and I don't think that we will ever do it without him. He'll be a part of this uh, until the day that he tells me he doesn't want to be a part of it anymore. But I'll um, still be embalming him and sending him over to yeah. the okay U.K. <laughs> with me if I have to. <laughs> yeah. sure. You know, yeah. he just loves. It's like uh, it's why Sean's here. It's why I'm here. It's why uh, Matt Bloom's here. Sarah's here. Uh, that's why this whole team is here. Uh, they love the business, and they love um, the asp- all the aspects of this business, and want to see it continue and move forward. They want to help guide it and change it into the future. Try to create the business that they always hoped and wished it could be as they were coming up, and you know, get rid of the things that that none of us liked or or understood about the business. Um, and, and and enhance the bits and pieces that we did love about it. Um, and he is that way to the core. Uh, you know, he's constantly pulling talent aside, constantly in their ear. You know, he's one of the biggest uh, recruiting factors we have. He's got a handle on just about everybody uh, that's out there and is one of the best eyes of somebody that's maybe never done this before that steps in the ring Um and just athletically, you can see, okay, yeah, they'll be able to do this and do it really well. Um, you know, he, he's he's incredible at that. So his value here, tough to be uh, tough to be measured, and uh, he'll always be a part of it, no matter where we go on Tuesday.
1: Yeah, well, yeah Whether he's an owner character or not, I think he'll he'll he'll, he'll, he'll he's a coach to the end. Yeah, you know what I mean. That that's just, in just who blood. he is. It's yeah. who
0: he is as a human being.
1: That's right. That's it's just Steve. Can, you know, can't help but to want to help uh, younger talent, and he's always been that way. Um, and he will be that. You know, regardless of whether he's on TV or not, I can promise you. Yeah. Right. Um,
0: good.
2: Yeah, folks. That'll wrap up tonight's conference call. I'll turn it over to Paul and Sean for some closing comments.
0: So you know what, one, I just wanted to uh, <clears throat> to thank fans for the last uh you know year year and a half for all of it i mean it's just jesus since the beginning but um you know the, the last year and a half as as we and and everybody in this business has tried to continue to do what we do through incredibly tough circumstances to talent that worked through incredibly tough cir- circumstances i don't know how a lot of them did it you know with with no crowds and it's it's not easy um and they've done it because they love performing for fans they love performing for uh... for their reaction and and everything else and and we talk about it a lot but the putting smiles on people's faces it just means in letting letting people enjoy what we do have fun enjoy it go to a show enjoy it sometimes uh... we put too much pressure on ourselves sometimes people put too much pressure on themselves for stuff you know we're not uh we're not solving the world's ills we're not doing anything uh insane we're just giving people entertainment and hopefully they enjoy it hopefully they love it and uh, we'll want to come back and see it some more and um so my hat's off to them for for you know sticking with it and just being excited to see it and then you know when we as we're getting to the other side of this coming back in droves and uh you know I can tell you that there's there were a bunch of giddy-like children talent here today because we had a packed arena. Not a, you know, and it's not a ton of people, but it's a packed arena, and it's uh, it was awesome. And you know, the Raw SmackDown, everybody else, we're all about to go back out on the road and and begin to do things. And people are, you know, our our talent are thrilled to get back out there, be in front of people, be in front of their fans in general, and just do what we do and entertain people. So thank you to them. Uh, Thank you for being here tonight, Justin, and uh, just uh, being a part of the show. And hopefully, you know, you'll all be the judges, but hopefully he did a good job and you'll all be invited on as well, which I think he did awesome. And, uh, you know, look forward to being able to do this with with others as well. And, um, you know, just uh, thanks for everybody for joining us tonight, Sean. You want to add anything? Nah. No.
1: <laughs> no, no. Thank, thank you all very much. No, it is. I, I guess for me, it's simple. I mean, it's, for us, it is fun to get back in front of the people again. It's just, I don't know, when you're out there in front of nobody, you'd be surprised what 350 do for you. And, um, I don't know. It, like I said, it feels like we're finally getting back to, I don't know, the original reason why we all do this business is to go out there and perform. And it was, yep. It
0: was a nice start tonight. Yep. Thank you all very much.
2: Thanks, everybody. Have a great night.